We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Joel Penfield. Jordan Foote and Josh Geyser joining me as always. And today we are joined by a very special guest. We're grateful to have him on the show to get us ready for the 2023 season. Uh, Royals general manager, J.J. Piccolo, joining us today. We can't thank you enough for your time. I know there are not many off days, uh, even in spring training leading up to the big league season. So we really appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us. Yeah, no problem, Joel. Uh, looking forward to it. It's kind of odd that uh, we're here with an off day, but we still got to a team playing back in, in Arizona today with, uh, against the Cubs. So it's kind of a weird day, but, uh, we'll, we'll take the time. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've seen you talk Royals and obviously everything else around like news stuff, but just for our listeners kind of get to know you, uh, personally here early on in this interview, just want to learn about, uh, how you grew up in baseball and like what some of your favorite moments that helped you fell, fall in love with the game, whether it was a, a moment, a player, uh, something like that, that, that helped you, uh, kind of grow in the game. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in Philadelphia, and um, you know, during my you know, from a seven years old to twelve years old, they had they had really good teams. Uh, I actually played the Royals in the World Series in 1980, uh, so I was a really a diehard baseball fan from the very get go. And I was fortunate enough to to have some really good coaches and influences in my life. My dad was a a college baseball player, and he always encouraged me to play. And fortunate to have a good little league coach, a great high school coach. Uh, and had the opportunity to go on and play in college. But, um, you know, from early memories, um, you know, I moved from Philadelphia to Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And I remember winning a, a championship, uh, the Cherry Hill Championship. There was five different little leagues, and they'd have a tournament at the end of the year, and our team won that. It was called the uh, the Carpenter Cup. So it was kind of neat uh, to go through that. I'm sorry, it was called the Mayor's Cup, not the Carpenter Cup. That was another event, but uh, – so winning uh, was always a part of my childhood and, um, you know, went on with a high school state championship. We actually lost two in a row. And then my senior year, we finally won one. Um, but, you know, it's, it was always fun. But I, you look back on those memories and I think it kind of drives you. And, you know, ultimately the, the greatest memory was 2015, you know, <laughs> a World Series championship, uh, which you, you always dream of. Uh, as a player, you love to get to the big leagues and win a World Series. But then uh, when my path took me into front office, you know, the World Series was the ultimate achievement. And I'm uh, glad that we we can say we won one. Yeah, no, 100%. And speaking of favorites, um, I'm a home run guy. I like bat flips. I like celebrations, all that good stuff. 
Um, we were having this conversation right before we jumped on. What's your favorite pitch, and why is that your favorite pitch out of all the ones? Well, the, the what I would call the comeback fastball, the the right-handed pitcher that throws that pitch to the left-hander's hip and it freezes them, and you see the buckle and it comes back. I mean, I, I um, was, like a lot of us, had a chance to watch Greg Maddox do that many, many times, and um, it's a tough pitch to throw, but when a guy has a feel for it, uh, like Brady Singer, I mean, Brady's got that pitch. Uh, it's, a, it's a special pitch, and I don't know how hitters can really defend that pitch so maybe a boring answer but that's that's the pitch i like the most i i was in the same boat as well uh that and getting a good change up also very fun that's... making those knees buckles is huge to me but uh speaking of back fat flips we just coming off the wbc obviously did you get to watch much of the wbc and uh if so talking about moments did you have any favorite moments uh you, I, i'm gonna caveat that you can't use shohei versus trout <laughs> Okay. Um, you know, I, I did see a good amount of it. Um, you know, the games were coming on at four o'clock our time in Arizona, the ones that were on the East Coast. So we were we were able to see a good portion of the night games. Um, as far as the biggest moment, uh, well Salvi's home run, I think, mm -hmm. just because it's a you know, personal thing for us. That was kind of neat. Um trying to think of uh, other moments. well the, the um I forget his name, uh when Japan hit the ball the off the left center field wall to come back in that game, that was a tremendous game. That was that yep. just seemed like a tremendous atmosphere. But um, you know, the game was it seemed like it was under control, and then Japan came back and you know mount actually mounted two comebacks if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. But and the other thing is, um, you know, that player was struggling, you know, through the. Yep through the WVC and everybody talked about how he never struggled. So you kind of root for guys to have those moments. And um, that was a, certainly a big moment. And he hit that ball pretty good. That ball was smooth. <laughs> Smoked. Yeah. The 111 off the bat under 12. Yeah. Yeah. Then he, hit, then he hit that home run in the final that what made yeah. got out in maybe a second and a half. <laughs> and I related. I was actually listening to that on radio, and I think it was, uh, I think it was Jim Bowden uh, and Mike McFerrin were calling the game and, just their their reaction to it on radio it sounded like it was a bomb. Uh -huh. so. Yeah. Well, one last question about the WBC. One of the players that I was really excited to watch uh, was Roki Sasaki from Team Japan. What what were some of your thoughts on him, just from a, a scouting perspective? I mean, it, it's absurd what he's able to do at his age. Yeah, you know, we we um, you know, just in in the market we're in, you know, the Japanese player is difficult uh, for us to scout uh, or or to land. Um, but you know, Louis Medina and, um, Bill Dell are our two scouts that cover Japan quite a bit. So they've talked about him, uh, often, uh, over the years and how special he is. So it's kind of neat to see him play. Uh, you know, I, I, um, I wish we could say, Hey, we'll, we'll get in the market for this, but, uh, that's, that's kind of a little bit of a stretch, but we're, you know, obviously a talented player and he'll do great things wherever he ends up. Looking at what we've seen so far in spring training, I think there's been a lot of positive indicators of what this new coaching staff has been able to do. Have you seen any of anything beyond you know what we're able to see from you know watching us on TV or listening on radio? Like, so a lot of the one of the first things I noticed was the K to walk ratio moving significantly toward more strikeouts, less walks, with what Brian Sweeney and Zach Bove have been able to do. Um, any framing or metrics for catchers uh, approaches from hitters? What well, what have you been able to see that you know? you think could really translate into the regular season with this new staff? 
Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is throughout the interview process, uh, whether it be the managerial process or the pitching coach process, the same things were identified. Um, you know, guys do their homework before they come in for for interviews, but the same things were identified, and that was we need to be in the strike zone more. And then that's easy to say, but how, how are you going to do it is the bigger question. Um, and then, you know, when we spoke to Paul Hoover about the bench coach position and coaching our catchers, he sort of connected the dots between how we need to target catchers and why his experiences have led him to believe what will help pitchers be in the strike zone. And they all connected uh, with what all the pitching coach candidates said, what Q ultimately had said, and obviously Q and Paul have worked together before so that he knows what what's worked for them. Um, but then behind the scenes to watch the pitching, I'll call it a pitching team, you know, led by Brian Sweeney, uh, also with Paul Gibson's involvement, you know, in his history with all of the all of the pitchers uh, was really important. And then Zach Bove has been very impressive, and as has Mitch Stetter, who's been with a lot of these pitchers as well. But to watch them collectively work and talk about things and then message the players, uh, whether it be as a group or whether it be as individuals, uh, it has been fun for me to watch. There's continuity in what they all believe, uh, and when pitchers start believing in in a process, you got a better chance for it to succeed. And then Paul ties it together, Hoove, uh, just with the targeting. And we've we've made some adjustments with the distance. Our catchers are back behind home plate, so you cut the distance down. Hopefully, you catch some of those strikes while they're still in the strike zone. Um, Salvi's done a great job adapting to it. MJ's done it as well. Uh, Freddie Fermin, all three of those guys, we've seen improvement uh, metrically in their framing numbers, you know, and, and I would say fairly significant given the amount of time that that it's been implemented. Um, so, and, and MJ missed time with us and Salvi missed time with the WBC. So taking that into consideration, I would think we would just continue to trend in the right direction from a from a framing standpoint. So you put all those things together, uh, and then the positivity that Brian brings, he's kind of a, he's very youthful, he's energetic. I mean, last night we were on the plane coming to Texas and, you know, he bounced up, said, I'm going to the back, you know, he's going to talk to the guys, you know, so I think guys appreciate that. And it's a, it's an environment that, that the pitchers are enjoying right now. Yeah. JJ, I've, this is going to be a long list of options for you to choose from. I'll let you pick one or two. Um, you're going to have no shortage of them. What is, in your opinion, the most difficult part? of your job, either in season, off season, during the spring, kind of, well, what challenges do you face that you think are, are the most pressing? Yeah. You know, it's the, my attention certainly needs to be on the major league team. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that, but there's so many departments, uh, that we have, you know, you have the, the major league operations, which Scott Sharp will deal with day to day as well. But, you know, you have scouting operations and, you know, amongst the scouting operations, you really have three departments, international, domestic, uh, amateur scouting and then pro scouting. So there's three departments there, performance science, you got your medical staff, uh, player developments, a whole nother animal. So there's, there's so many different people that I have to try to connect with, communicate with. Um, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's, you know, it's challenging. Um, but that's where your directors are really important. You know, they'll have the day-to-day -day conversations, but you know, I like to think that I, I can reach out to as many people as I can and stay connected with them so I know what they're going through. So it's 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 the entire organization that I need to worry about. 
Um, but the focus needs to be on the major league team and the progress of this team. So it's proven to be a little challenging. There, there are a lot of people that I left surprised yesterday that I had hoped to get with one-on-one and I just didn't have the time to do it. Um, so we'll connect, you know, whether it's over the phone or zoom calls, we'll connect. Uh, but it's just an ongoing, um, line of communication and needs to be open. Uh, so I can know where people are uh, as employees and, you know, that, that improves morale as well. So it's big picture that I have to keep in mind. Uh, but knowing also that the major league team has to make some progress, um, in the coming years. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city, KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Totally. And, and kind of to that point, let's kind of transition into this this 2023 roster uh, specifics here. The other day, Nick Prado, Michael Garcia, and Freddie Fermin all optioned kind of on the same day. Um, what are they all kind of working on? What have you got them, like, uh, working on? And what's the assignment when they do go down to AAA, assuming that they'll, you know, be very uh, in the mix when it comes to that major league roster in 2023. Yeah, they they're each guy had a little bit different, uh, you know, a little different story of why they might have been sent down. Freddie was a matter of whether we wanted to ca- carry three catchers or not. Ultimately, we decided we wanted flexibility uh, so we could match up better, you know, throughout the the course of the season. But Fre- Freddie will get up at some point. I, I don't doubt that. I mean, he's MVP and Rookie of the Year Venezuela Winter League and certainly making progress with the bat. He could always catch and throw, and he's starting to swing the bat well. Uh, so he's going to benefit by getting every day at bats. Um, and then with uh, Prado and Michael, uh, you know, we shared with both of them, you know, in some ways this is a very complicated uh, decision, in some ways a very simple decision. Complicated in that they're both good and they both could help our team right now but simple in the fact that they wouldn't be in the lineup every single day. Um, and at their ages and what they're going to do for us in the future, the best thing for them would be 
to get every day at bats in AAA, and we know how this this season goes. We're going to need them, and they're going to get significant at bats. So rather than looking at the short term, uh, we felt looking long term over the 23 season, what do we need to see out of you know, those players? And it was really accumulating at bats, whether it be in AAA or the major leagues. So when they do get moved to the major leagues, we're going to um, be as sure as we can that they'll get regular at bats when they do get up. Circling back to Michael Garcia really quick, uh, one of the storylines that kind of took me by surprise when you mentioned uh, getting Michael Garcia in the lineup and putting him in center field at times. What went into that decision? Is that a positional versatility thing, a, a long, maybe a long-term move, or just trying to get him in the lineup by any means necessary and just letting the bat work and, and just finding a spot? A little bit of everything. Uh, so, you know, we, we suffered the injury to, to Drew, with Drew Waters, uh, so our outfield depth got a little shallow. Uh, but with Bobby Witt Jr. on the team and Michael Garcia in our system, you know, we feel like both of those guys can play center field. But what this did was it presented an opportunity for us to see Michael in center field in a time of need. Now, after that, we did sign Jackie Bradley Jr., who certainly can play center field. Uh, but it gave us a chance to see him in the outfield and see how he would react to it, not only physically but also mentally. Uh, but he was wide open to it. He he didn't it didn't bother him at all. And just watching his first day of workouts in the outfield. His footwork's outstanding, so I, I watched about three minutes of it, and I walked away and said, I don't need to see a ball hit to him. He's going to be able to do this because his feet work so well. Uh, and then we did get a chance to see him go get a couple balls. So it confirmed our thoughts that he could do it. So ver positional versatility, if we reach a point in the season where we want to get him up and, and we need to get him on the field, say, five times a week, you know, the outfield may come into play. So now he'll be more prepared. And he will do that in AAA as well. He'll play shortstop, but he'll get some time in center and he'll get some time at third. Just so wherever the opportunity comes, he's ready defensively to, to go do it. Um, so that's, you know, it, it's a good thing for us because he's such a good athlete. Yeah, and you brought up Drew. Um, first of all, how's he doing in his recovery? Like, when do you think he's going to be back up to full speed? And then secondly, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen in the outfield. I know that Kyle Isbell has been kind of favorite and has a lot of positives to his game. JBJ's in the picture. Um, how do you think that whole outfield situation is going to shake out once he's back? Yeah, so so first with, with Drew, he, he's doing well. He's progressing well. We have been deliberately slow. Um, just our history with the obliques, they tend to get him a second time if you don't handle it right the first time. So, And players want to get back because they, they start feeling good and then they start pushing harder. And that's typically when they'll re-injure the oblique and they go back to square one. So we want to completely avoid that. So we've been very intentional in how slow we've moved. Uh, he is progressing this week where his swing is going to ramp up. He potentially could get in some games in Arizona by the end of the week. Uh, but even after that, he hasn't had a spring training. So and when you look at the length of 30 games in spring training, if you take him along a, a typical progression, he's not going to play every day. So you're looking, you're looking in really into early May um, before we can even think about bringing him up to the major leagues. Now, he may go out on a rehab assignment prior to that, uh, but we have a batch in Arizona to start with, and then he'll progress. And then as far as the outfield's concerned, uh, I, think, I think we have the proper depth. Um, you know, when you lose a player, you start, honestly, you start panicking and going, okay, where, what if we have another injury today? What are we going to do? And that, that's why we had to go get JBJ. Um, and we've been really 
impressed with him, his influence in the clubhouse, the way he plays. He's a pro, and he has a really clear understanding. Uh, Matt Quichero, I think you guys know we call him Q. Um, Q's messaging the players, that's a big part of what he believes in. And when we sat down with JBJ the other day, he was understands 100% of his role on this team. Uh, the at-bats, you know, at times could be, you know, two, three nights in a row, but more than likely he's not going to be playing two, three nights in a row. And he understands he was a young player at one time and he knows where our team is. Uh, but he's in, he's enjoyed being with us and, you know, actually had the option potentially to leave and he wants to be here. So we're happy to have him. And we, you know, we've played him in left and played him in right because, you know, night to night when we look at our matchups, you know, you may have him and his bell in the lineup. Uh, but we do want to get caught a lot of time in center field. Uh, we want to see him play a lot. We want to see him play center field. So at the end of this year, we have a really strong evaluation on his ability to play center where he is offensively. So it's a great opportunity for for Izzy to to kind of take the reins and run with it. Um, again, that's not to say he won't play a corner from time to time, but having as much versatility and flexibility as we can was the goal and bringing JBJ in and, you know, being around him, he's the right guy to, to fill that role. Having an uber-athletic left-handed outfield is never a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll take it. We'll take it. You know what I still really believe MJ is going to make strides out there defensively yeah. as well. He's taking a lot of pride uh, in, in getting better out there. I think last year uh, what he goes through or what he went through, catch him once or twice a week until Salvi got hurt was difficult for him he's trying to learn how to prepare at the major league level for the pitchers but at the same time he knows five of those days or six of those days he's only staying up if he hits mm -hmm. so as a young player that's a hard thing to balance uh but his mindset right now is he he's embraced the role from a catching standpoint he knows he needs to improve in right field and he's committed to it and and we believe the the metrics on him at the end of the year will be a lot better as well uh, kind of talking about uh injuries to uh, to players, I think the biggest one, especially lately, was the injury, the shoulder injury to Daniel Lynch. Um, what is the update on him? I know he's been shut down for uh, is it ten days? I think is what I saw. seven to ten. Yep, seven to ten. Okay. So what's the what's the update on him? Is there any further update after that? Well, one, we were very relieved there was nothing really to report. So that was the yeah. that was the big thing. It's basically shoulder discomfort, fatigue. Uh, normal adaptive changes showed up in the in the scan, so that was really good news to to hear. Uh, at the same time, you know, you hold your breath when you see him walking off the field. You know, you start thinking about long term, what's this going to mean? Uh, short term, how do we make sure we can be in a position to to fill his spot? Uh, but the the news was good, so I would expect he'll be shut down. You know, probably until like next Sunday. And then he'll start tossing again. It'll be a couple sides. He'll have to get a live BP. And then he'll have to start on a progression again. So I, you know, without, you know, putting a dead set stamp of, of this date, uh, it's probably around May 1 before we can really get him back up to five innings and comfortably uh, have him ready for the major leagues. We've seen it mentioned quite a bit uh, throughout spring training and even in the offseason about there being a more fluid big league pitching staff this year, kind of using – Omaha is an opportunity to give guys rest and bring guys in, have to have always have fresh arms in the bullpen. Were the options of Richard Lovelady, Josh Taylor, and Josh Stamont an early example of that of something we we will see at times throughout the year? Yeah, and they, and they were very difficult conversations. You know, just not picking one over the other. But Josh, you know, has a long history with us, and um, 
you know, at times it's been just dominant. Um, but coming off uh, a year where he didn't pitch a lot, actually all three guys, when you look at it, have not thrown, it didn't have a full season last year. So that goes into a little bit of our planning uh, because we need to make sure that we're not uh, overusing them this year. They're not, they're not in a position to, to make 70 appearances. Uh, so we want to be careful. So that goes into the planning process a little bit. Uh, I think Josh Taylor and Richard Lovelady, from a velocity standpoint, there's a little bit more that's going to tick up as we get into April and May. We'll see the the velocity come back a little bit. And with Josh, the message was really just strike one because if he can throw strike one, uh, the the curveball's really good. Uh, the, he's throwing a split finger now that there's a lot of positive results with that. Yeah, you know, he tinkered with a slider early in camp, but it really wasn't is a little bit of arm discomfort. So we backed off of the slider and actually just put it to the side because he doesn't really need it. Uh, it was just maybe a breaking ball that you could throw for a strike, uh, but we'd rather have him healthy than having a fourth pitch. So, um, so we're we're encouraged with what he's doing. Velocity was good this spring. Uh, after the you know little tightness in his forearm, it it receded a little bit, but then he bounced back. The end, he was ninety eight, ninety nine, and. You know, the health is not a question, um, but the depth is going to be really important. It's a, it's a long year, um, you know, more than likely when we start the season, we're going to be at 22 pitchers on our roster with a lot of flexibility. There's very few guys that we, we could not option to AAA. So that was definitely a goal. Um, it takes an army to win the war, and that's kind of our approach. We want to have as much many options as we can at a moment's notice. I am very intrigued by this split finger. If it's uh, if it's encouraging, I'm very into that idea. Yeah, uh, it's a good one. <laughs> I'm excited to see that in uh, real time. But I think we got one more question for you, kind of a little, uh, an uber serious one here. Um, so on the Homestand uh, podcast, we saw that your cooking ability, you said was not very good, but you could cook a good steak. You mentioned ribeyes specifically. So I guess the question is, the obvious question is, what is the secret to a good ribeye? Cooking a okay. good ribeye, I should say. So I, I have a, a, a really good mentor, uh, TJ, in our in our kitchen, in the clubhouse. He told me uh, probably three years ago, he said, you, you heat your grill up, you get it as hot as it possibly you can go, season the steak any way you want, but one side, close the lid for three minutes, then flip it another three minutes, and then you cook it the rest of the way, depending on how much you want to go. But but basically searing those steaks, uh, three minutes on each side is the key to it, and it keeps the juices in there. And don't ever cut the steak to see how you let all the juice out. So make sure you don't ever cut the steak and just trust that you got your timing down. So I've had enough practice, and I think I got my timing down. I like it. Well, I'll be testing that out as we get into warmer months. We can break out the grill and have a good time. He's giving him a, a British accent. I think I just, we were just talking to Gordon Ramsay right there. I think is what we saw. <laughs> well, um, JJ, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. We know how busy you are, so giving us 20 minutes really does mean a lot yeah. to us. So uh, we look forward to this season coming up. Uh, I know Royals fans are very excited with opening day coming up on Thursday, and hopefully we'll be able to, to do this again soon sometime. Yeah, no problem. We're excited as well, and I appreciate your time. All right, take care. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this, and we'll talk to you all later this week as we do our uh, season preview to look for that on Wednesday. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. 
covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.